0: Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Ooh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Bay. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuTech. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketers. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Joe here with another episode of RevUp Five Hundred, where we interview some of the world's greatest B two B marketers in current day and history. Yeah. So today is someone I am extremely excited to learn from. Uh, they're a legendary marketing leader who's honed their skills for over fifteen years in the business. Uh, they've got a lot of skills as a corporate marketer, and they have a lot of skills uh, taking complex issues and simplifying them. And they're good at exp- and they're experts at building sales funnels. Uh, right now, they're also the founder and head of marketing at DIFFER. Brian Stout, welcome to RevOps 500. Thank you. That was a great introduction. I had to I had to get
1: that from you because uh, it makes me sound better than I actually uh, feel like I am. Hey,
0: <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, all, it's all on here Wikipedia page, Brian. That's where we found it from. I
1: must do a good job of selling myself on LinkedIn and other
0: uh, other places. But uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I appreciate that. Of course. So, anyway, Brian, let's uh let's dive right into it. So, in, in your opinion, what is one rev, uh, RevOps myth that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh man, there's so many, uh, but probably one of my
1: favorite, favorite, favorite is that it's just you know something from sales. It's like an evolution of sales operations because that's where I came from. I I spent a lot of time in sales operations, um, but. That that is that is a huge myth, that it is just not an extension of sales operations. That that's just a small piece of it. It's, you know, as as you, as you know and, and the listeners of this know that it's the alignment of all the many departments um, from sales, marketing, customer success that 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 make a great RevOps program um solution inside of a company. Um and it's all about the customer. Like at the end of the day, right? Everything is to provide value to the customer and make it seamless. And for so many years, like growing up, you know, kind of working, leading in sales operations, we were siloed from what was happening in marketing operations. And then I took over sales and marketing operations. So we get alignment from those two departments, but we were still missing that customer success. There's, you know, service piece of it. So I think technology and, you know, better alignment inside of organizations, we're seeing, you know, the evolution of that. And it's just going to continue to grow as, as more solutions for B2Bs kind of uh, uh, focus on, you know, making that seamless for the customer. Because at the end of the day, you want to make it seamless, you know, the handoff seamless, you know, and that kind of stuff. And the communication seamless. So y- y- you need technology, but you need people that are working together, all swimming, rowing, you know, whatever, you know, whatever uh, analogy you want to give. But you want everybody working in the, um, to, to the benefit of the customer. So,
0: <laughs> easy. Okay, so so Brian, you said that people think that RevOps is just a like an extension or a sequel to sales SalesOps. So, wh- why do you think people feel that way? What is it about RevOps that makes people feel like, oh, that's just you know, SalesOps part two or something like that, it's a sequel?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, from <laughs> from experience, uh, a lot of times that uh, in organizations where they have kind of carved out that that role and they've made you know they've actually invested and they have a chief revenue officer, right? Um, that's responsible for that. That person typically comes from BD or they come from sales. Um, rarely do they, you know, they come from marketing or customer success or support. So so you get that kind of, those are the tools and technology that they've used. Um, everything's typically built in and around something like a Salesforce or a HubSpot. Uh, which are primarily sales tools that, you know, other departments use. So that's what ends up happening is, is people think that it's sales ops, you know, just with a new name, right? <laughs> you know, but I mean, if you think yeah. about it, everybody in the organization should be in the revenue ops business, because yeah. that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, uh, you know, to, to generate revenue so we can continue to provide value to our customers. And if we don't do that, if we're misaligned, then we're missing opportunities. We're missing out on those sales work. Um, you know, our marketing spend is being wasted. Um, our customers are calling upset. You know, they've got problems. The account managers that are trying to help them be more successful are running into obstacles with the customer. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, from this, again, this is, just like every other organization, what works for my organization doesn't always work for everybody else's Absolutely. organization. But 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 what I've seen is, you know, they they have this misconception that it's that it's sales ops and that it's just now it's you know it's a tool and technology um to align these groups, but it, it has to be more than that. It has to be strategies, processes, people, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what makes it work.
0: Okay, so if if we say that. You know, most people that go into rev ups come in from sales, and then it's about you know people strategy process. You know, how do how would somebody in sales, you know, kind of get to the point where they can put rev ups throughout the entire business? Like, you know, that means getting marketing buying. Usually, those two are kind of restrictive between the marketing department and the sales department. How do you how do you kind of overcome that if you're a red blooded salesperson? You know, how do you get buying and maybe play politics a little bit you know how do you how do you do it
1: yeah I and mean, a lot a lot of it's going to depend on the size of the organization but um i find that when they have trouble kind of understanding like what's happening in marketing or what's happening in customer success um like you've got to spend a day in the life you've got to you know like as that RevOps leader you've got to you know get more aligned you've got to get in the trenches with, with those other leaders and uh, the teams to understand, you know, kind of what, what, what it is that, that, that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, the challenges that they have. Um, because yeah, if you come at it from a sales point, you're going to have like your sales, same thing for marketing. I'm not giving marketing a pass here either or customer success, because there's lots of CROs um, or, you know, other RevOps leaders, if they, if they don't you know, if they've just, you know, it's more of a committee than an actual position. Um you've gotta you've gotta understand the challenges that that your your peers in the other areas of the business are having okay. so that you can get that alignment. Because I mean, I've grown up <laughs> in B2B technology sales for 20 years. Like uh my first uh my first foray was kind of more of an analyst on the sales side, right? Working for um you know for a vp of sales you know providing information for his organization so they could do a better job at capturing revenue provide you know and and then i grew into uh as i got into larger companies you know i had a sales ops role and then i became sales and marketing ops and i got to see like i learned i learned more about marketing you know once i kind of take took over from sales and marketing operations i uh, made a 5 billion dollar company um because I then had that exposure to the Sposure. you know the marketing challenges and that kind of thing. So I, I'm sorry, sorry, I could tell lots and lots of stories. No, 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 so, um, so, so. But, but, but yeah, it's uh you know it's it's an evolution. Like they called uh, they eventually my department I took over was called commercial operations, you know, sixteen huh. years ago. Um and uh commercial ops um or commercial programs in some organization, you know same intent of RevOps, but this was pre 2010s when RevOps really started to take hold in organizations and you started seeing people um, being kind of carved out to take on that position to align the different technology solutions that, you know, customer success, sales and marketing all were using disparately in those silos. I mean, right? Silos have been a problem in every organization uh, for a long time. We get these freaking uh, uh, Frankenstein stacks, right? That uh, that you have to kind of patch together, and um, RevOps was meant to kind of help st- alleviate some oh, of those uh, pains and stop that, you know.
0: So if you if you are saying, you know, Brian, like you know, you talked a lot about how you have to, you know, walk a you know, in your world, walk a mile, mile or walk a kilometer in, in the shoes of, <laughs> of, of different businesses. You know, you see kind of how that's how a RevOps leader gets to know, okay, what are the challenges in marketing or customer success or sales or okay. service delivery? And, you, you know, you said your department used to be called, now it's called commercial ops, which is kind of like RevOps. And it's like a synonym almost for for those things. And then you, before that, you talked about technology and, and processes. Now, what if you merge the two, like, is there, is there anything like that you could think of technically right now that keeps you up, keeps you up at night? Like, let's say, for example, you know, I, I know you're, I know you're on the ground floor now, right? I mean, so I like, do, do this, does technology keep you up at night? Like, you know, the, the role player trying to solve some sort of a problem technically? I mean, what is your, where where, where are you at right now technically with, because, you know, it's a, it's a different team for you right now than what you're used to.
1: Yeah, it's so much smaller than what I'm used to. Um, yep. And in more than anything, it's the, yeah, the technology, you pick a solution that you think is going to make it easy for your organization. And if you don't have a good strategy going into that, you know, it's just, you know, you're still gonna have the same problems, whether you have the most enterprise elite solution on the market available to help you execute on your ABM strategies and your, you know, um, just the technology often fails because we don't have a good strategy or process in place, and the people aren't equipped to go in and you know use them. And then that's what I've experienced in some past companies is is we've you know we've we've transitioned from one technology vendor, um, to, you know we went from a HubSpot to a to Salesforce as an example because there was, there was just pressures to, you know, to move to, to what some would consider a more enterprise solution, which, you know, I kind of, you know, I chuckle when I think about that because HubSpot is, you know, is just as, is as, as good at, if you have the right strategy and process again, as you know, as even a Salesforce is yeah. using it and the, the, the teams that are creating, you know, that alignment, if they're doing it wrong in either one of those technologies, they're still going to fail. So yeah. Uh, so, yeah you've got it I mean the technos- the technology sometimes can be uh, a stumbling block people put a lot of focus on that inside of revOps like what solution you have you know because sales wants this or marketing wants that and um, you still have those kind of those, those those bitter fights in my experience but yeah with my small company um you know we go with a solution that's economical. And it, you know we have the same growing pains that a big company has just getting the right setup, getting the right systems in place, making sure that we don't drop any support um you know make sure that we take advantage of every lead and opportunity that we're working um efficiently and they're passing those on so so yeah it's just um yeah I mean the technology that, that 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 is a piece of it but the strategy process and people are so much more important to the yeah. overall thing as well because you know it just it's it, it's just like the silos we had before with the technology like you, they didn't talk to each other They talk to, didn't other. Have to communicate
0: um, so if you have systems that don't talk to one another and you're using like a like something very basic right now to, to kind of you know, bootstrap yourself along you know how do you how do you manage all that is there a lot of time to do like manipulation of data and stuff like that or or no
1: um yeah, it's a bad example for where I'm at today because it's, you know, it, okay. it, we haven't scaled yet to the point where we have those growing pains. Okay. Um, if uh in my past companies, uh definitely that was a problem, you know, just okay. the, the the speed at which we were able to turn around um setting up new sequences and getting the data out of those sequences and getting that into the hands of our business development teams and SDRs um, um, so that, you know, they could follow up on that and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it, that, that's a better example. Yeah. But right now with what, what, what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis is, you know, like it, it it's not a problem because not there's, a problem you know, there's, yeah, there's still yeah. a lot of growth ahead, you know, that
0: kind understood. of. Understood, understood, understood. And, and, you know, where do you see, so, you know, as, as you look forward and, you know, as, as to where you are now, where do you see the future of your, of your RevOps operation looking like, you know, right now you're kind of on the, you're on the ground floor, where do you see it heading? Uh, you know, just, just your own operation and even like the whole industry, where do you see those things going, Brian?
1: Yeah. For, uh, for my organization, as we bring on new people, it's making sure that we don't uh, get misaligned is 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 a key um, because you know new people, new backgrounds, new you know new use cases of the technology, or how you do those things inside your organization. So that's that's always you know it's always an issue anytime you grow. Um, you've got to keep everybody aligned to the way the things are working. Where everything's working great sure. right now with the small team. Um, but as we grow, um, and I think that's, that's going to be a challenge for any team that, uh, I've been through a lot of acquisitions, um, with businesses being the acquirer and being the acquired, um, when I ran sales ops, we acquired like four businesses and everybody was using a different, uh, you know, everybody was using a different technology stack for their sales and marketing organizations and customer success and service. So what we had to do was we had to get aligned. Um and that was, you know, that was uh that was a process. We had a process that we put in place. And I thought that was like, you know, that was one of the best things we did is we could we had a program what we called Embrace and Enhance. Like we didn't come in and immediately disrupt these smaller organizations that we kind of brought into our larger organization to fill out our DNA sequence of our customer solution. What we did is we kind of came in tried to understand what they were using if they could continue using um, the sales tools that they were using without you know if they were completely separate markets there was no need to you know to be able to communicate with other areas within the bigger organization we didn't immediately come in and say okay you've got to move off of you know say sales lo- sales sales logics and move that to Salesforce like you know we let them continue okay. to, to use that because they were being successful that's why we acquired them. Um, so that there is a lot of disruption anytime there's acquisitions. I mean, the last company I was at had acquired two companies in three years and everybody was using some different technology and, you know, talk about like getting alignment and getting the data. There was a lot of manipulation and spreadsheets and, um, putting things into, uh, um, you know, into. Into different tools, so that we could get everybody to see the information on the same customers, just in different uh, different sales tools and marketing tools. So, so that that's always a challenge. I mean, every company that makes an acquisition is going to have that. Um,
0: there's just not a quick quick fix for that. Quick yeah, fix. So, like, let's 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 talk about that a little bit. You know, if exactly. if you're if you're in a company that is. That like say, you know, you have you have your sales, customer success, sales, marketing, customer success all aligned in a really nice RevOps, you know, organization. Then all of a sudden, you know, you guys are acquiring somebody else and you have to bring in their, their service delivery, their marketing, their sales. Uh I mean, how do you how do you do that? You know, how do you how, how does that what does that process look like? I mean I've never, I've never seen that before. Well, what is that like? Oh, you- oh wow. Well, yeah, no,
1: it, uh, it's, a, it takes, a, it takes a village. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it takes a team really. And, and, and it, you have to, the best organizations really when they're doing that, they put somebody overall that leads the project re- leads the integration between the two organizations for the different areas. Um, and that way somebody has ownership, like, um, and they have oversight and their their whole job, I mean, a great project manager, whether it's in product or you know, or in integrations of services and technology, if you have somebody that kind of has that ownership and they have that oversight and they're working with the different um the different departments, they liaise on behalf of everyone to get everything correct, you know, aligned. And it takes time. I mean, those these, these these things don't happen overnight. You don't immediately yeah. um flip the switch and then the very next day. Oh, yeah. uh, now I haven't hit it when I was working as uh as a sales uh sales analyst, I guess is what you would call me back then. Um mm-hmm. that was my whole job was I was going to create a database um for the new acquired company so that our sales team and their tails team, like we would align all the accounts on that first day in a, you know, kind of a database. And I was going to send out reports uh, until we could, got, could get the technology stacks set up. And that was going to be kind of the major thing that I was going to do, um, you know, for the job. And then the, the deal fell through and somebody else came in and acquired the company and oh, uh, nice. completely different. Uh, acquired our company, came in and did a completely different thing. Um, so I didn't end up have to to, to work on that. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's challenging. It's challenging doing those sure. types of, of, integrations between, between companies that are on different, I mean, I mean, like the business systems, like email on different email platforms, just oh, yeah. different Slack versions, different. I mean, that that there's whole teams that have to you know to have to get aligned on that stuff, and um, typically somebody has to take ownership of all that and work across the different departments to make sure that you know that you can get those things integrated. But uh, I've been through and- six or seven. Um, so
0: wow. Uh, wow,
1: I feel like I feel like I got my battle scars from doing. That.
0: Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of RevOps 500. This podcast is a great opportunity and channel for revenue operations and much more. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to ship production to a friendly team, check out ringmaster.com. They're the team behind this podcast. RevUp's 500 is sponsored by Computan. Computan serves as the back-end dev and technology team for short-handed marketing agencies and departments. Short-handed. Wait a minute. That sounds like me. Now let's get back to it. The end. So, like now, do they do? Would you would you bring in a project manager from outside both the organizations, or would it be from the the acquiring? And then would they have the acquiring's interest in mind? And there's that, isn't there's a friction there between the acquirer and the acquiring and the staff that has been acquired that now has a boss and a team that didn't choose. I mean, how uh, does just, all that? Yeah, yeah,
1: does, it, yeah, yeah it, it it really depends. You know, organization to organization. Um, most of the time, the acquirer um, is taking leadership on that. Um, but in my past company, uh, a lot of that, you know, it just. The leadership, it's, it depends on the leadership. Does the leadership recognize where the talent's at to do that between the two organizations to make sure that, you know, that, that no walls get dropped, that no customer uh, issues? I mean, like, and, you know, never mind the fact that now you have to rebrand. And like, like I, I did that like on oh, my second day at this last company that I was at, um, they announced that they were rebranding, we'd made these three acquisitions and they now had come up with this new brand for the the global company. Wow. So, I had to to go through that process for marketing and sales and customer success and so we had to educate two different customer, you know, those names were going away, those were becoming brand identities rather than company identities. So, you have to you know, have to educate customers on that and get them up to you know get them and you have to do that for a while you can't just be like okay we've gone from company x to now we're company y and everybody just immediately gets on board you have that to continue days. to market that just like you know you're acquiring that customer all over again with your new brand identity so you have to show up at events and your marketing has to reference like formally x company formerly y company and z company you know and until people finally start calling you by the new company name. New company. and That just takes, you know, from my experience, again, this, you know, could be different for everybody out there. Um, but at least a year, you know, you're going to see those references, if not longer, it just depends on how wow. long it have been around and in the marketplace. So that's, that's marketing wow. effort that has to go towards that. That's sales effort that has to go towards that rebranding, um, you know, customer success and service delivery has to, you know, to remind people that yeah we're a new company and we're you know our new shingle says this and um you know that kind of thing so
0: that's so fun. interesting it's, yeah. it's fun
1: yeah you see the gray hairs like you know i uh oh, i I got, come these, on, Brian. I got these i got these naturally uh um you know, from, from, <laughs> from years and years and years of uh all these fun things but uh, but no those those are great challenges like they you know they build they build they build you as a professional you know you get to you know kind of go about doing new and interesting ways of solving problems across organizations so that you can ultimately you know at the end of the day provide value to that customer who's trying to solve a problem and then when you do that well um you know you're rewarded in the marketplace right so True. um so that's what you're trying to do but you know and uh in all these companies, like, you know, they weren't just acquiring companies to acquire companies. they were acquiring companies because they were thinking about the
0: customers. Exactly. You you know, Brian, there's a couple things I want to hit on there. But the first one obviously is being most of our listeners are Listening on a podcatcher, so they're not going to see their gray hairs or my gray hairs or anything like that. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Going, yeah, yeah. I gonna, forgot we were gonna, talking. Yeah. We're, we're going <laughs> <we're gonna, laughs> to... Th- 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 at least but the, the video guys, yeah, unfortunately for them, sorry, you know, they should, they should turn the videos off, both of our videos off. Sorry. At least mine for uh, sure. Uh, so so don't, don't, worry, don't worry. Don't worry about that. But like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the, the interesting point you made was like, you know, like how how it, it is like a, it is a grind and you know, like there is all, all the, the politics and the, and the grand Because in you you're trying to solve for the customer, but what, how do you solve for the customer? What's the best way of doing it in Revox when you have these mergers and acquisitions happening? And yeah, it's a, it's a lot to think about, it's just a lot to talk about, even just the, the work, you get tired, got tired just you know, th- thinking about those things like, man, it's a lot of work because you have different processes, systems that email providers, I mean, those are all things that can can really cause this thing to run long and it will almost never be over, right? I mean, like, and then turnover in an employees and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I mean, it, uh, like,
1: RevOps is an internal name, right? Like, it's, it, yes. it. you know, like, really, what it should be, you know, if we were externally facing, like, positioning what we're doing, like, yeah. it's, you know, it's value operations, like, or, you know, yeah you know, the value that we're providing to our customers or, you know, I, maybe I, I haven't thought this through, but like, I've always had trouble with like, like, what would a customer think if we, if we told them we had a team that, you know, their whole job was to make sure that, you know, from acquisition to, you know, to implementation and, you know, ongoing support that we had a team that their whole job was to think about how all do those do things most efficiently. Yeah. How do we do that yeah. the most efficiently to capture the revenue sooner yeah. yeah. Like and, and obviously we're selling B2B, so you know, they've they they've got yeah. to keep their lights on too. So and they probably yep. had a RebOps team inside their organization. But you know, just Check from it. a positioning standpoint, I sometimes think like, you know, what we're really focused on is, you know, alignment and value at the end of the day for our customers and you know, how we do that is going to change from, you know, from organization to organization. And organizations are made up of people. So you have to have people that like working with each other, that like communicating with each other, you know, that like thinking about the customer, you know, and doing that the most effective and efficient way that they can. And um, when you do all those things, right, that's, that's when, you know, you've, you know, you really struck on something that's gold and you feel good about what you're doing in RevOps because you're, you know, you're getting, you're getting that customer the return, like why they, you know, they gave you a dollar because they're expecting to get $10 out of Coming it. Totally back, yep. Um, so when you can do that for them more efficiently, like that gets them on to doing the thing that they want to do, the impact that they want to make in this world. So, um, so that's exciting when we know that, you know, when we're doing our jobs well in RevOps that, you know, our customers are having more success faster Um, They're getting the return on what they, you know, invested their their dollars um, or, you know, their currency, you know, whatever they might be using into, um, you know, that solution that's 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 solving their problem. So, you know, when we think about it that way, like that, that, that makes me feel good for, you know, what we're doing inside of RevOps and um, the different organizations that I've worked in to do that.
0: And what about the future? Like what, what excites you about the future? I mean, what, what you're doing now and. And then those sorts of things. What 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 gets you? What gets you like really jazzed up?
1: Um, as a, you know, I have a background in data science, so um, right. like as I think about how technology is evolving, um, and how even manual processes can can be made more efficient through large language models. You know, call it AI, call it what you know, you know, whatever you want to. S- to say but that, that intelligence that's going to you know to help make the people inside of RevOps even more efficient at you know getting the right customer information over to the right group at the right time um you know that that's what excites me is that just the evolution of the technology um you know and and knowing that it's often more efficient than the human the, <laughs> that, you know, that it'll be able to identify problems like, Oh, we've got this set up. Um, you know, we incorrectly, you could do this more effectively. I mean, just the the prompts and alerts and, and that kind of stuff are going to get better. They're going to help us understand um, our customer challenges better as they look at, you know, across the spectrum, that continuum of, you know, how the engagement goes from acquisition to X, you know, to, to sales sale, um, and that kind of stuff. And like, there's companies out there they are just doing some incredible things with AI and um, that are going to be, you know, implemented into other companies stacks, you know, so that's that later. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, as, as they demonstrate value with more and more customers, you're going to see more and more companies evaluating those solutions, buying those solutions. Um, so yeah, just I'm I'm like everybody else geeking out about everything that's happening with these large language models and you know, AI and generative AI and you know, that kind of stuff. So um, so yeah, I uh I uh, I I want my time to be used the most efficiently. You know, I don't want to waste time, I don't want to do rework, I don't want to move data around, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want I want solutions that, you know, that are smarter than um or faster more efficient you know that kind of stuff that can do that stuff without having to put our efforts there so
0: we can focus on the customer
1: you know figuring out those things that help the customer
0: got it and you know you talked about you don't know, you don't wanting to waste your time and being more efficient and you think that's kind of the future of rev ops so let's talk let's talk about your time a little bit you know like what what do you I mean, what what do you, what do you do when you're not, when you're not geeking out on, on this kind of stuff? Like, I mean, what, what do you, what are you doing for fun? What are you doing to stay sharp? Anything, anything in particular, like hobby wise or?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, You can see some guitars behind. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see them. I know uh, about them. uh, But the the listeners can't see the guitars. Uh, I, uh, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate and I'm, I work in the area of brain health uh, now And it's, it's long-term brain health. Like the, the things that I do today, like are things that will help with my long-term brain health. So, you know, continuous learning, um, you know, challenging my brain, doing you know, like when you play the guitar, right. You're doing two things at once. Like, and and when you add singing into that, um, you know, it's three things. Like, you know, your body's doing, you know, your hands are doing two different things at the same time. You're, um, you know you're listening to other people you're you know you're singing you know, you know other players and that kind of stuff so so that you know that's obviously one of my recreations that, that I enjoy i i like to exercise um i uh you know love spending time with family going on vacation just you know like everybody else um and then i geek out on like you know trading card games and you know um other things like digital collectibles and that kind of stuff. So awesome. those, those things, uh, those things I love, uh, you know, just, you know, cause they're, they're fun, they're, they're social and those are all good things for your brain health. Um, so, so yeah, I, I like to, I like to do all the things that uh, long-term are going to help me plan for my long-term brain health. Cause most of us don't think about that. Like that's, that's the platform is my dad saved his entire life. He had a retirement account. He planned for retirement. Um, but he never you know kind of worried about like his long-term brain health and um so he was you know his lifestyle um no different than a lot of people uh, here in america um just the way he ate the way he drank uh, the 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 lack of sleep you know all the things that are um you know negative risk factors for long-term brain health issues. He, you know, he, he just ignored and, you know, he came to dementia and Alzheimer's disease and left this early a few years ago. And that, that created my platform to to really go out and kind of educate people on, um, you know, how do you, how do you stay brain healthy and plan, you know, just like you're planning for your retirement, you need to plan for your, your long-term brain health. So your golden years stay golden. So, so that's, that, 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 that's what I'm working on, you know, kind of when I'm not, working
0: (laughs) yeah so so tell tell us about the platform tell tell us about what you're doing with different everything else
1: yeah yeah um it's um we are pre-release um on it but what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh what, what we're calling intervenables is um is is taking lifestyle interventions and make them you know searchable easy to understand um where you don't need a phd md to you know to understand that obviously you need to to have um, a relationship with your physician and get the best care but these are you know these are just things that you can inc- incorporate into your daily life so that you know you can um you know have that better long-term brain health i mean one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that you know they might i know that they need to have a caffeine curfew so that they have better restorative sleep at night but you know you got to have a you got to have a care for you on the sugar that you intake too because the sugar causes inflammation in the brain um mm. that be damaging not one night but many many you know years and decades of that uh, that inflammation that chronic inflammation is bad for our brains your brains need that time at night to kind of get washed and um and refreshed uh, so that they're good and ready to go in the morning so you can get up and do your work but most of us you know don't we don't think about that kind of stuff so an intervenable would be you know you know having a curfew for sugar um consumption you know prior to bedtime you know you don't want to you know and we lay out the the evidence behind that but most people don't want the evidence they just want to know what's the thing i can do what's, what's the intervenable and like so it's 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 a community built around that so that we can educate people on how to, you know, be the top boss of their brain health, because uh, <laughs> a lot of us are bad bosses. That's that's you know, that's, that's my problem. That's a lot of people's problem. Is uh, we're a bad boss. We, you know, we just don't do the thing. So, so we're we're working on that. Obviously, we have some plans for some technology to to put in the hands of people um, so that they can have access to intervenables. You know, as they're thinking about things, and um, but you know, at first, it's just more about kind of education and awareness, you know, raising, um, you know, raising that in, in business groups and stuff. That's my, that's my area of focus is, is that's business it. professionals and super achievers. Um, because I understand the business lifestyle. Like we, uh, we sleep when we can. Um, we're constantly stressed from work, you know, and, you know, chronic stress is not great for your brain. So Absolutely. we're coming up with intervenables to, To help, uh, you know, help help those individuals, you kind of understand the risk and the things that they can do. Because I didn't know this. I mean, I didn't know this until I really started digging into this. But you can prevent things like Alzheimer's and dementia through lifestyle interventions. You just have to do it the decades before the symptoms show up. Absolutely. Symptoms. The symptoms are. It's too late. Um, You can only reverse or slow down Alzheimer's or dementia when you start demonstrating those uh those symptoms like the brain fog that's you know constant the forgetting and you know those kind of things and it doesn't uh it doesn't have to be that way you know you I mean I I you know I, I kind of worry I'm in my 50s and um am, am I too late you know probably not because I you know had a pretty healthy lifestyle um the actor Chris Hemsworth he got some notification on that show um Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the name of it.
0: Uh, yeah, the obviously. one, the lim- limit, limit, the one who on limitless, the, list, yeah, the limitless, yeah, limitless, limitless yeah. show.
1: Yeah. And he took a little bit of time off of work to kind of think through because he, the, the genetics, people always focus on the genetics when it comes to brain health. But just because you have the APOE4 gene and you have two pairs of it doesn't mean you're necessarily, you have a higher risk of developing dementia and Alzheimer's, but it doesn't mean you're going to get, um that because you can you can live a healthy lifestyle you can you can eliminate those um i mean depending on which doctor you talk to there's there's upwards to you know 40 risk factors that um that 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 they look at in lifestyles that can cause Mm it um um at the you know at the cellular level all the way up to you know just the you know environmental stuff like you know toxins people don't often think about you know long-term exposure to toxins causes issues with brains. And again, it's, you know, it's repeated use over many day, decades. I call it self-decay. We have this self-decay yeah. that's going on yeah, every uh, day, you know, every day. And it's, it's, it's under the surface. It's insidious. Like it's, it's happening. Um, and we just, we don't know it. We don't, we're, we're too busy with our lifestyles, you know, and we don't, we don't necessarily think about our brain health, but our brain health, like. Like once that goes, like it's, it goes. there's there's a reason why it's incurable. and and I love the pharmaceutical industry. They're trying to trying to solve it through single compound, you know, single variable solutions. And if there's 39 other things that are happening that that can cause that same type Great of problem, it leads to cognitive decline, you're not going to capture it with one drug and nobody's going to take 40 pills like, no. um <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So you can do it with your lifestyle. So that, that's what we're working okay. to help people out with is um, is is to really help them understand the things in their 30s, 40s and 50s that will prevent that cognitive decline when they're trying to enjoy, you know, those golden years, those those years when things kind of slow down and you, you need know, to you take a step back from working full time and, and enjoy more time with family and travel and that kind of stuff. And just seeing my dad not get to experience that, you know, um, like he, oh. he it was tough because like, he, he was five years retired and then just got sick. And then he spent the rest of his, you know, the next eight years trying to, you know, trying to stop from dying from that disease. And that disease is unrelenting. It doesn't stop it, you know, mm. once it takes hold. You know he 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 had to succumb to it so
0: you know brian where could uh where could everybody learn more about you and connect with you more to learn more about the more about you and and for the platform itself
1: yeah yeah um if you go to differgreatly.com um that will probably redirect you to um crackynailz.com um which is which is my website that um really kind of goes into detail of what that um you know that community is working on to to prevent and crack Alzheimer's uh so um so yeah but differgreatly.com is probably the easiest uh, to remember and go to um mm-hmm. and I'm all over the interwebs if you <laughs> all over the internet uh, yep. yes, at uh, think stout so if you want to you know kind of look me up on the different channels LinkedIn Facebook um, I go under think stout so um so yeah, sure. or Stout.com if you want to, you know, if you're just curious about, uh, a little bit about my background, that's the personal page, but uh, it's more like a resume than anything else.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, well, look, Brian, this is uh, amazing. You know, you, I mean, you, we touched on RevOps, you know, like, the, you know, what it's like at, on the ground level in a in a, in a startup or a non for profit environment. We've talked about, you know, RevOps and mergers and acquisitions. We've talked about how sales ops and RevOps can be a myth uh you know it's just been uh they talk about your own personal connection to, to brain health as well it's been a an amazing time to kind of you know chat with you i really appreciate you uh you, know, you, you got the you got the guitars i've got the and the ukulele behind me it was, it was a it was a, great, it was a jam session without jamming at the same time And i uh yeah. i appreciate you making it taking the time out to to do this with me thanks a lot for doing it yes you really enjoyed it appreciate the time yeah, and uh, to the audience, if you learned something today or laughed a little or laughed a lot, you know, tell someone about the podcast. Uh, Brian, thanks again for for coming on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, this has been another exciting episode of RevOps 500, and we will see you all next time. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps 500. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revops500.com. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuTech, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Teams.